Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Child Of. Today, like I promised last week, I'll be sharing a personal story about a phone call I received from my mom just a few weeks ago that left me really shaken and questioning, I would say, just about everything. It was not a great experience. But the thing was, is that initially I couldn't figure out why the conversation bothered me so much. I knew what bothered me, but I couldn't figure out why that specific thing that she did was so painful to me. Okay, so as I'm thinking about this, I'm realizing I actually called my mom, but it was literally just to wish her a happy birthday. She turned 70 this year, so it's kind of a big deal. I had declined an invitation to her birthday party because my dad was going to be there. And ironically, her birthday invitation was the same like envelope that that letter from my dad came in, which I thought was highly inappropriate. That is beside the point. I received, well, I called my mom simply to wish her a happy birthday. Um, I was very sad about not being able to be at her birthday party. Obviously, that's not how I would like things to be. It really made me heart sick. So I called her and I texted her on her birthday, but she didn't respond to me. So it was actually, I think it was the day, a day or two after that. Oh, okay. She did call me. That means I was remembering it, right? I just didn't remember all the details. Um, So she did call me. She was calling me back and we started just having a basic happy birthday conversation. I asked her how her day went. It was supposed to be short and sweet. That was my hope for the conversation. Of course, you can't control everything. So things often go haywire and it did. Somehow the conversation veered off toward spiritual things, which is kind of hit or miss with my mom as to whether we're able to communicate on that level, just because of the way that my dad has, I would say, brainwashed his family. But sometimes I feel like she hears me and sometimes I feel like she's on a whole nother planet than me. So I was okay with it tentatively. That is until she began to actively preach the gospel to me, which at first I was like, this can't be what she's doing. It's very strange. Um, and then she just kept going and, and I had to stop her because she just kept going. And I was like, mom, why are you saying these things to me? This is really bizarre to me because I view myself as a child of God and I fully believe in the gospel. But I guess I have to keep in mind that we haven't really had much of a relationship for the past three years besides a couple meetings over coffee. Um, But she was basically, well, it felt to me like she was telling me that I'm not saved and that she needs to preach the gospel to me because I couldn't possibly be saved in her mind. And so I, I asked her, I said, what, like, why are you saying these things? And she couldn't give me a straight answer. So it felt even more like, like she was being passive aggressive by doing this instead of just asking me and saying, hey, how's your relationship with God? Which I feel like would be more productive than just assuming something about someone and and taking the conversation that direction. I mean, especially when my family already has a history of being abusive and using scripture as a weapon, it was really, um, I guess, I guess it was very triggering for me because I felt like I was a little kid again. I felt like I was going to go to hell and I wasn't worthy of God's grace or God's love. And I, I automatically went into this mindset of, oh, well, 
what if she's right? What if I'm not saved? What if I'm not believing in God to the fullest extent that I should? What if all of the ways that I know and I'm aware of my failings is somehow separating me from from my ultimate and deepest core belief? And of course, when you come to core beliefs, especially spirituality, that's like the foundation of who you are. That's what you are built on. And it felt to me like she had her hands on the rug I was standing on and trying to pull it out from underneath me. And I was like frantically trying to situate everything in my mind so that I could explain to her that I was somehow worthy enough and that she should see that I am worthy enough of God's grace and God's love and and I had to just stop and be like hold hold on at this point a little bit of my healing kicked in and I told her hey this really hurt my feelings I feel like you're being passive aggressive and telling me that I'm not worthy of salvation or that I am not saved and that's not for you to decide and she came back and said, you know, uh, don't take it that way. And, and I was really proud of myself in this moment. I said, do not tell me how to take it. This is how I took it. And of course, what's going through my mind at this point is I just called to wish her a happy birthday. How did this happen? But what really got me was after all of this, she said, well, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I would. I would say the same thing because I felt led to say these things to you. Great, mom. Okay, so let's use God as an excuse for hurting people. And when they tell you that you've hurt them, you tell them, oh, you know what? I'm not going to take accountability. And if I had to do it again, I would. I would hurt you again. I wouldn't change anything about the way I said it. I wouldn't be more clear, more articulate, or more compassionate in my delivery. I would just do the exact same thing over. No changes made. So at that point, I was done with the conversation, um, and I wrapped it up pretty quickly after that because I, I knew that no matter what I said, it, it wasn't going to change anything. Um, if I told her, hey, you said this specific thing that, that wounded me and made me feel unworthy spiritually, I knew her response now. I knew what she would say. I really despise when people use the leading of the Holy Spirit as an excuse for treating people badly or for doing things poorly. Yeah, you may have felt like you should say something, but you need to be sophisticated and compassionate in your delivery. And obviously, thinking about this, it feels like maybe it's not a very big deal in and of itself in just one situation. But this has been a compounded issue over my entire life of having scripture used, again, as a weapon to try to control my actions, my beliefs, and my thoughts. It's also painful to realize that someone who should know you so well knows you so little. And I think that was part of what was so excruciating for me was that my mom didn't know anything about me, didn't know about my walk with God, which is such a key and like rather deeply important part of my life. And and that that gave me some grief. But I think what was the most painful about the fact that she was choosing to preach the gospel to me like I didn't know it or didn't believe it was that I have been consistently standing up against the lies and the abuse that my father has perpetrated over the years and my mom has continued 
continually lied for him, continually gone back to him, continually made excuses for his behavior, even when she's seen the physical abuse, even when she's seen the verbal and spiritual abuse, she's constantly made excuses for him. And I cannot respect that. What I've witnessed over the years in regards to their own spirituality is that it's a whole lot of talk, but with no real devotion to the actions that might accompany that. It's always seemed to me that theirs was a very hollow religion, a very hollow faith. I think my mom's faith is a bit more substantial than my dad's, but they are very similar in their execution. Whereas I believe that faith is best observed via actions, therefore I walk what I believe. I think that that is the best way to show others God's love is to do, is to love, is to um, implement things into my own life so that when someone walks past me or looks at me or spends time with me, that I am actually in line and aligned more as, as much as I possibly can be with the character of Jesus and with the way that he acted versus just spouting words or scriptures and an attempt to appear holy or good. All I can say is that there's a reason why people say all the time that actions speak louder than words. I feel like actions are a reflection of what you truly believe. So in as that regards to my mom and my dad, I love them, I forgive them, but I do not have respect for the way that they act in the world. I'll be really vulnerable with you guys, though, and say that after this conversation, I was not as well thought as I am right now. My mind was a mess. I was reliving old traumas. I was doubting everything and um, wondering if I was, in fact, a saved child of God. And I was pleading with God to be clear with me and to make it obvious where I stood with him. I was not in a good place. For two days after that, I felt like I had 40 pounds on my shoulders. I was so depressed. I was really heartbroken over the conversation and the way that it had went. Um, and I was really sad that I didn't feel um, like I was loved by my mom because her, um, her, how can I say this? Her idea of God is so intertwined with how she can accept people. I will say this, though. Something that I've been learning is that pain isn't always a bad thing. Let me tell you, it is excruciating. It's hard to live through. But on the flip side of that, it teaches us very, very deep lessons. One thing specifically that this experience made very clear to me was that my parents still hold way too much sway over my preconceptions, my ideas of God and faith. And that's not good because I know that their belief systems are toxic, but on some deeper level, I still hold this deep belief that that maybe they're right. And I need to really be strict with myself and serious with myself in, in understanding that no, the actions and the, the behaviors that I have witnessed over the years are not good and they do not align with scripture, at least not the Bible that I read. And I've also realized that sometimes what we think we believe isn't actually what we believe. 
And if you've grown up in a situation where you were in a cult-like environment, where you weren't allowed to think for yourself and you were really ingrained with a certain ideology, you have to be careful when you're breaking out of that um, to not think that you're further ahead than you are. Because I think I've done that and I've thought that, you know, like I've been making a lot more progress, but then I come into situations like this where I realize, oh man, there is still a lot of power in, in those people that they hold over me that I have not yet broken free from. Within that, though, you also need to give yourself grace because we are very dynamic, complex individuals, and it takes a lot of time and effort to undo things that were programmed into you as, as a child. That's partially why I recommend going no contact so highly because without a complete break from that kind of mentality, those kind of ideologies, that um, constant pressure you will keep falling back into those same mental patterns and beliefs. You need to really have a break and to refresh yourself outside of all of that and that whole system. I say that as a reminder both to you and to myself because after these two specific incidences, um, the letter from my dad and this phone call with my mom, I have remade up my mind to stay no contact with my dad and to take a break and go um, no contact with my mom for as long as I feel I need. Sometimes it's easy to feel like it might be courageous or strong to keep putting yourself in these situations where you're consistently wounded, but I'm telling you right now that it slowly eats you away. You have to heal. You have to make that break in order to be a healthy and strong and single-minded individual. And if you're out of your parents' home at this point in your life, then you can do this by just not accepting phone calls and not having any communication. If you are in the unfortunate situation of still being at home and not able financially or for some other reason to leave, you can do this by going gray rock. Also, if you're dealing with the effects of spiritual abuse, my challenge to you is to not to give up or to walk away from whatever it is that is the foundation that you're standing on, but to really delve in and ask questions and get to know what it is that is your religion. Read the Bible, read the Quran, read whatever it is that is the text that you are setting your life on. And, and once you've done that, once you've educated yourself, ask yourself, do these people who are trying to press their beliefs on me, is this actually what they believe or are they twisting their faith? I think that spiritual and religious education is the best tool against spiritual and religious abuse. You have to know what you're working with. And if you're not educated, people can say just about anything to you and you are malleable. You're easily manipulated because you don't know. You have to know. And for me, that's, that's entailed me reading the Bible. And I read the Bible every single night so that I know what it says. That is hands down your best defense against this kind of abuse because you're able to stand up and and know what you're talking about and defend yourself not only from those people, but from those little voices in your head that are messages that have been ingrained in you so that you can slowly change your thinking and grow and become a brand new, healthy, holy individual. 
That concludes this week's episode. I hope that it was helpful for you, and I hope that it was meaningful, and I hope that it gave you tools to move forward in your life. I deeply care about you guys, and I hope that you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you again next Tuesday.